absolute strength was just the sheer advantage that you get from some of the lore generation. So you played five games, you went undefeated. Yeah. Uh, do you have any insights from the quote starter deck metagame that you'd like to deliver? I was ready, man. I love it. I got no I shame, it. Scott. Don't you worry. No, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Forbidden Mountain. Tonight, we got a bit of a special episode. We are doing Meta Monday Live, and we have a guest. So we're going to bring everybody in so we can say hello. What is up to my wonderful co-host, Mr. Scott Landis? How are you doing this evening, sir? Good. Thanks for having me. All right. And then below me? Mr. B, our guest, is our guest for this evening. How are you doing tonight, Heath? It makes for the perfect segue every time. People love that. Uh, I'm doing great. I'm still rocking out to the countdown tune. That's a banger. <laughs> Yo, it's a banger, right? I know, right? It's like, yeah, like I can get into it, man. I can get into it. <laughs> we can see you during it, just not hear you, just so you know. Yeah, exactly. Oh, excellent. So you saw me just like... Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I was doing the same thing. I was like... Mm -hmm. I was ready, man. I love it. I got no I shame, it. Scott. Don't you worry. No, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have a fair amount to cover tonight. Uh, and we wanted to start with this weekend's starter deck event that just happened. And our uh, a friend here on the on the, the episode tonight happened to be playing in it and happened to win the whole thing. So uh, give us some little insight on it. You know, how was the tournament? What was the player count? You know, how was the field? You know, was it a good time in general? How yeah, do you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So it was a great time, first of all. And shout out to our, our two hosts. So we had uh, Traverse Tavern, Franz, and uh, even though I'm pretty sure he doesn't pronounce his name that <laughs> Europeanly, Franz, and uh, Knives Nerd Tavern, or Knives Nerd Corner, sorry. Uh, yeah. Getting my taverns mixed up. Uh, they were hosting the event. So shout out to them for putting it on. Uh, but yeah, they were just trying to replicate the Gen Con situation as much as possible, the rules around it and the structure and whatnot, just to give people that were going to Gen Con a chance to practice. And for fools like me that aren't going to Gen Con, but just want to goof around with the starter decks, uh, it was an opportunity as well. But yeah, it was a blast. Did you now, get the random booster also? Yeah, so we did the random booster also. So uh, again, Knives uh, has been working really hard on getting draft to work. So he's got a random booster generator kind of mod already built in. To tabletop okay. simulators so we just used that and basically just messaged everyone with what deck they were and what their booster was which oh, mine cool. was awful <laughs> fair um how many players was it i didn't see the account uh i don't know how many there were i think they had like i know that they were going to cap it at 64 but i think they only had like 25 or so sign up i can't remember exactly how many turned up but it was a okay. decent group but not a massive yeah, yeah, group yeah. for sure i wasn't sure i remember it was like semi short notice right like it wasn't like a whole lot of time to sign up maybe like a couple days right yeah i think there was about like four or five days notice that, yeah because uh, it probably i think it got announced like wednesday yeah so and then it was the tournament was on friday so yeah that sounds about right and I know um, they're going to try and host more tournaments in the future. So obviously check out their Discord um, right. to see if uh, there's anything else coming up. Between Lorcana HQ and Traverse Tavern, they're they're definitely got lots of options for if you want to participate in in yeah. any sort of tournaments. And there's probably a good chance that Pixelborn will get involved before we know it. I hope so. I really, I really don't like to. Nothing against anybody, but you absolutely will not catch me playing a TTS event. It's just, oh, it's so sorry guys, bad. I'm never going to do it. I, I can't, I hate that platform. Uh, like a passion. A fiery passion. I like, I, I could probably spend an hour on how much I hate TTS, so I'm not going to. 
Um, <laughs> that would make for really interesting content for for your viewers here. Just a, no, a, a one-hour rant on why we're, not. We're here to we're here to get the good information, right? So you played um, the Emerald Ruby starter deck, correct? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you know here right like on on our channel we'd like to do swats right and i didn't really prepare you for this in any which way whatsoever because right. i'm a horrible I can pivot i got you <laughs> what um yeah. you know what were, what, what would you say the strengths of this deck were absolute strength was just the sheer advantage that you get from some of the lord generation on some of these characters and obviously um and and we might dip into this in opportunities the evasiveness helps but even characters that weren't evasive, like Mad Hatter, there's three Mad Hatter on there um, with, you know, pumping out three lore. Um, you've got, uh, you know, Pongo pumping out two, plenty of other uh, cards in there that are producing lore at a high level. Um, and then you've got a couple steel options. I'm not a huge fan of the, you know, take one lore from your opponent, not take, but like they lose yeah. one lore. Not a huge fan of it, but it helps from time to time to kind of keep them in check. But ultimately, it's got to be the, the volume of lore production on there. Now, it's safe to say that Aladdin is absolutely the best card in this deck, right? Yeah, except I, he only ever came down as ink. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, it was rough. I cried every time, which we'll get into the weaknesses of this deck. Okay, which... so what are the weaknesses? <laughs> uh, the weaknesses of this deck, by far, is the amount of uninkables. Um, I had oh, okay. three games. Really, my only losses, uh, if I may be so bold to say, came from just hands were on like turn five. I had no ink to drop, and I had uh, Dragonfire and Rapunzel just clogging up my hand. Uh, mm -hmm. So there is a lot of uninkables, and specifically Steal from the Rich is the absolutely egregious one. Um, you know, five cost uninkable and has very low impact. Um, right once played it um and anytime it was in my hand i just wept knowing that i basically had one less card than my opponent um so okay fine i mean yeah that, i i didn't <laughs> i'm like looking at it over right now myself and i'm like man there's like a lot of there's a lot of uninkables in this list. Yeah, so I mean, some of them are really good. Like, obviously, Mother Knows Best came in huge yeah, for me in the finals. Yeah, I mean, like, the very removal, last game of like, the finals, it was huge you, for me. You're like, you know, your whole removal package is pretty ridiculous. There's no mm -hmm. doubt about that. Yeah. Um, but man. Yeah. Okay. So, so what about your what opportunities? I Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so how about your, your opportunities then? Yeah, so the, the opportunities and what I learned from it is you have to be very careful with mulliganing. Effectively, like... Keep hands that have ink in it. Um, ideally, you want a Pongo, you want a Mad Hatter in there, you know, you want a, a Peter Pan never landing. Yeah, absolutely. But if you got ink in your hand, you should probably keep most of it, right? Because the, the risk that you'll find is even with like five inkable cards in my hand, if I'm inking two of the, the others and I just end up drawing two uninkables and then subsequently the rest of my draws for several turns are uninkables, I'm running out of ink real quick. And really, yeah. it's that fifth and sixth drop that are so important because most of your uninkables stop at five and six. And, well, all of them do. I had one that didn't, but that was my own yeah. fault. Um, yeah. So your uninkables stop at five and six. So you need to get to five or six ink reliably um, to, to pilot this deck. And then did you feel that there was any natural threats? Yeah. So the, the natural threats is what I did to myself, which is 
with your booster, be very, very cautious about increasing the amount of uninkables. So I'll be honest, I did not anticipate getting to the finals of this particular tournament. So I opened Genie Powers Unleashed. And I'm like, I just want to see him hit the table in a limited environment. So I'm just going to throw him in the deck because who cares, right? Yeah. Um, I threw him in for the memes and it was very much to my detriment. I said to, uh, to friends, I'm like, I effectively won in spite of making my deck, uh, just, uh, arbitrarily worse <laughs> through my deck building process. So yeah, be careful about that. When so you're are you telling me that first. you never, ever played the genie? I played him twice. Once oh, right. I'd already like easily won the game. And oh. once I was about to lose the game, and it's like, hooray, I got him down, but I'm losing on the next turn. So, oh, okay. I, just was, because... I was hoping you were going to tell me that you were able to, like, genie swing and then, like, dragon fire something for free, and it was, like, this huge play, but none of that happened. No, I mean, of course I had pipe dreams of that, but let's be honest, by the time I got to 8 ink, I had no other cards in hand. Like, um, yeah, right? And good. really, by getting to 8 ink, I got rid of two cards that I would have been better off just playing, like stopping at 6 ink and just playing those cards. Okay. And how many... This was three rounds, or no? Or was it more? So it was three rounds, and then we cut to top four. So ultimately, I played in five rounds total. Okay. And what was your matchups? Uh, so I did... Uh, I was matched up against Sapphire and Steel in the first round, and then subsequently all Amethyst Amber, because that's what was winning. Um, the because entire... We were, like, literally the whole run? Yep. I, I had to run through Amber Amethyst the rest of the tournament. Wow. Okay. Yeah, um, I so mean, because that's what was winning. Ultimately, yeah, in the three rounds, we got paired against you know, right. other undefeated uh, decks. And what it was, was the, Amber was there, What was the breakdown of the top four? I didn't see it. Uh, I don't know one of the decks, but two of them were Amber Amethyst for sure. I don't sure. know what the other player was because I, I never played against him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, didn't, I would yeah, imagine I, probably I didn't, Amber Amethyst. I, I didn't... I didn't see like a like a breakdown or anything. Like I, I saw like a post of like the matchup percentages, but I didn't see. Yeah. Like, so, overall. and if if you give me a second, I could probably pull it up. But Knives uh, put out the the stats on yeah. what won against what. He didn't uh, obviously um, uh, you know have a ton of data to pull from, right? Yeah, He's yeah, pulling yeah. from you know a very limited data pool. But I thought it was still yeah. Pretty I was more curious if. If like there was a steel sapphire like that squeaked in or something like that, that's all. Yeah. So I can tell you that based on his stats, uh, sapphire steel against uh, emerald ruby was actually the highest win percentage. It was winning, I think, like sixty three and a half percent of the time or something like that, which is pretty substantial. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, um. So you played five games. You went undefeated. Yeah. Uh, do you have any? insights from the quote starter deck metagame that you'd like to deliver yeah um i think that there's a, a strategy that can be incorporated for all the decks to win um but i think the biggest takeaway was really to know what's not in your opponent's deck maybe you want to take this seriously i'm talking about someone that wants to be competitive right right if you just want to play just play and have fun that's how i, I approached it i hadn't really looked at the deck lists beforehand um yeah. i hadn't play tested them at all but if you want to be competitive, I think that there was positions in the tournament where I'm like, is, uh, it was Hades, I remember was specifically when I'm like, is Hades King of Olympus? Is he there, in? <laughs> there's no, oh, the King of Olympus. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, um, I was like, well, the Sapphire one. I'm like, no, the legendary is not yeah. in there. No, <laughs> right? Could you imagine? Yeah. I know that Hades, Lord of the Underworld, is in the, the Am yeah. Amethyst uh, yeah. deck. So I'm like, because that was basically the only card that I could lose to, right? right? So I'm like, do I have to play around him having that, dropping it, and effectively, because he already had Hades, Lord of the Underworld, in play? I'm right. like basically hasting that into play. So do I have to take out some of his characters so he can't right. quest for the win? Or do I just uh, quest entirely? So knowing what cards aren't in your opponent's deck, I think is probably the, the best approach that you can take. So you know what you don't have to play around, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How much of the oh, game was pure racing versus like trying to take out your opponent's Almost team? entirely. If you watch the, the finals, there was several points there where if you're kind of paying attention, uh, you could kind of tell I was debating what to do. And ultimately it was debate between, do I challenge my opponent's characters? Because against Amber Amethyst, they're going wide, right? So it's like, mm -hmm. do I try to control his board or do I just go for it? Mm -hmm. And um, that's ultimately what I elected to do. Because earlier in the tournament, I had been trying to control the board. And there was a time uh, in the uh, top four, so the second to last match, where I knew that based on what I had to do, that controlling the board was the right decision to make. But I would say almost every time I was just racing. I was just like, just go for it. And oh. make my opponent make the decisions on what to yeah. challenge and what to quest. Sure. Yeah. Which I mean, isn't ideal of... in my situation, in my opinion. I don't particularly like that being the answer. But I mean, uh... it helps when you have like a bunch of evasive characters and like yeah. six removal spells. Like, so you can you can be a little more freely with these some of these play. It lines, was you know? sick in the last game. I was talking about Mother Knows Best. So basically, even though they were Amber Amethyst, they didn't really get a huge presence on the board early. And so I uh, had turn three Horus. It was Horus, I think. Anyway, it's a turn three play. And his turn three was just a, a Mickey Mouse true friend. And he had basically like nothing else on the board. Um, I think he had other plays, but they just weren't impactful. Right. Mm. So turn four, played Pongo, sang Mother Knows Best, bounced Mickey back. Next turn, he drops an ink, plays Mickey again. Turn after that, played Mad Hatter, sang Mother Knows Best with Horace again, quested oh. with Bongo. And at that point, I was just off to the races. I was like, yeah. this is just unfair. And I think a couple turns later, I had a Dragonfire as well. I'm just like, <laughs> good luck. Yeah. Um, Mad yeah. Hatter was an absolute all-star, though. Uh, like, they very often have to challenge <laughs> with two characters. Um, yeah, it's, really hard. it's really hard to read, draw three cards and be a bad card, so... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was usually draw two, but even yeah, then I was cool. thrilled. I'm yeah. like, I got, you're telling me I got three lore and I yeah. drew two cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in fact, as a result, I think, and this is where I'll say against Emerald Ruby, just take care of him, right? Because I had people that were like hesitating from challenging him. I'm yeah, like, you're sure. just doing more harm than good because now yeah. I've got another three lore and another three lore, like just run into him. Just suck yeah. it up. I mean, it's, the real truth is he is a very damned if you do, damned if you don't character, probably. Yeah. Um, because while he represents three lore every turn, like you just refilling your hand at this point in the game when a yeah. lot of decks can't do that. Yep. Ah, it's pretty good. So yeah, I don't know, it's really tough. Um and I talked about lore generation, like this deck can come back to like I had many games where I was down like nine, ten lore to like one or two. And then I just start dropping Pongo, Mad Hatter, like Mad Hatter. It's like, yeah, yeah. all of a sudden I've caught up. It's amazing. Fair. Trade so, all the cards at the top of the deck were bad then, right? All the plus to it. 
plus two strengths all the oh awful like yeah I i've had people try and defend the plus two strength and all that they were just yeah. i was thrilled to find them because it means i didn't have yeah. to think bongo yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. uh yeah the scimitar even the, the shield of virtue i used it in one game and it was fine but more often than not it should just be inked. yeah yeah more, okay. more often than not you're like i don't have enough uninkables to play so this card should probably just read land <laughs> yeah yeah there was a ton of cards that I was like, I'm actually happy to see you just because I don't want to be inking. The, it, it hurt me how many times I had to ink Pongo and Mad Hatter. <laughs> just because. Make the pain stop. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure AJ's being a little funny here, but Steal from the Riches. Uh, good card, bad card, or just like, man, you wish it wasn't in the deck at all. It is a dead card. It is. Yeah. It, it patently hurts you. The best scenario out of so I only had one 2-0, so I effectively played, what, uh, four times three, 12, uh, 14 games. The best scenario I could find in which to play it would have got me three lore back um, for a five-cost uninkable. Awful. I, I wish I could. I wish I terrible. had thought to cut it from the deck. If I'd been thinking, uh, so this is actually here. Great, great take. Thank you for calling it to my attention. <laughs> if you have any cards in your color in the booster, your first cut should be Steal from the Rich. Love it. Yeah. I love it. He's like, Take if the there's an inkable, an inkable green or red card, it is yep. better than this one. Mm -hmm. 100%. That's that's good information, though. In all honesty, like that's, yeah. that's the I, kind you of information. You wouldn't think to cut the rare, right? Here. That wasn't my instinct. My instinct was cut one of the plus twos, to Scott's point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I cut, uh, he's got a sword. Yeah, for Genie. Um, Fair. So, regret. We'll, uh, Let's just talk about the other ones quickly here. Um, yeah. You played, I only against this one time. Yep. This is just, you know, for all intents and purposes, like a budget ramp deck, right? Like basically yeah, what this is. My problem is there's so few cards that you're actually ramping into that this feels like the most luck-based one. Because if you draw oh, this right. out of order... Like yeah, you, sure. you've got to dig yeah. for you've got a mulligan. This is so this is the opposite of Emerald Ruby for me, where Emerald Ruby got a mulligan very cautiously. This one you have to mulligan very aggressively. You need to find some of those bombs because when you've got so many ramp cards, I mean so many, there isn't even a ton of ramp cards either. But when you've got a decent yeah. volume of ramp cards, um, I'd rather have the bombs and not draw the ramp cards than draw <laughs> the ramp cards and never find the bombs. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah obviously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, but not a lot. Of, well, not a lot of people. I shouldn't say yeah, that. Yeah. I'm sure plenty of people think that. Not enough people have come to yeah. that realization. Because, yeah, from what I've talked to, from some of the people that were piloting it, um, there was some, some errors in judgment there. Yeah, I mean, like, it's tough. Because, like, I can look at the other two decks and find, like, a pretty easy way to victory, in my opinion. Yeah. This is the one that I'm just like, man, I I don't really see it. Like, it, you you have to have grab your swords, and your opponent has to be really bad that are letting themselves lose the grab your swords. Yeah. Or against the green-red deck, you have to, like, hope that one of your, what do we have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like, eight, quote, bombs or eight things that we're ramping into that yeah. do, like, anything at all impactful to the game i like i would even i wouldn't count uh the the yeah. five cost Zimba. I'm, I'm gonna take away the five cost zimba <laughs> that you never want to play ever uh my bad so we'll just go down to six yeah. at that point but that, uh, that, that's a, a great point because i i think like he how, was does, being how does this deck win 
Like, I don't get it. <laughs> Apparently, it wins against uh, the Ruby uh, Emerald. Uh, I don't well see enough, how that's possible. I, I genuinely don't see how it's possible because you have six removal spells that at the end of the game, you just time walk them and you beat them. Like, I, I, I don't even, I don't get it. Yeah. Like, you're I mean, just the like, only yeah, game that I dropped totally... this was when I got ink screwed. <laughs> Since... Mm. I gotta say, ink uh, instead of mana doesn't flow nearly as 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 nice no, in some of the ways. Doesn't roll off the tongue the same no. way. <laughs> I was yeah, talking about no. mana sinks before, and like ink sink. Oh, yeah, no, no that you. sounds like a that sounds like a '90s pop band. Uh, so on, yeah, guys. I. So You're I guess my now. greatest advice, if you draw sapphire steel, is one to mulligan aggressively, and two to cry. Sorry, 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 sorry to, to burst your bubble there, folks. But uh, yeah, uh, all right. It seemed so that bad on paper. Is... I guess. It, I guess. It... What's Asuka? It didn't seem that bad on paper, but I guess I can see where it's bad. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think any I of think them are like so arguably bad that a talented player couldn't pilot it to, to some wins. But I think it's got the the hardest road. Yeah, yeah. It looks really difficult to me. Um. So Team Amethyst in the house now, right? We have a... Uh, I, I like a lot about what this deck is doing. Yeah, I really wanted this deck just because I want the three friends on the other side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, three friends on the other side, two sorcerers. Uh, you get the Dr. Facilier that has buyback. You get... I mean, you only have one Mickey. And he was a little rings. slow for me, though. Um, sure, sure, sure. I mean, I can see it, but it's just like... This just yeah. has... It just looks like a solid curve. You have the tutors with be our guest. Like you just you have a lot, and then you even have the little the little Hades to get cards back. Like there's just a lot of card advantage. Yeah. Out of this particular thing, now I, I can see also where this becomes a bit problematic for quote like winning, but I think you have enough card advantage to just like pressure your opponent out of the game. Yeah. I also think this has the most usable kind of volume of rares. If you want to talk about that, so like impactful. High-end cards. Yeah, I mean, even Moana, if Moana's just, like, three lore, like, she's still, like... Yeah, yep, three lore, six more. willpower is still, yeah. you know. Right. Uh, Lord of the Underworld, great. And, yeah, Dr. Facilier, great. He, again, I think a little bit slow. Obviously, if you shift him out, not. Um, yeah. But, for example, I had someone drop... Because uh, Amber Amethyst is so rarely getting to 7-8, if you're not shifting mm -hmm. him out, then it's probably, like, turn 10 or 11 by the time you get him out. Um, yeah. And by that time, like, so I had someone drop him on me and run three of their guys into three of mine. I lost three of mine. They got them all back. But I had a couple of evasives, and I was so far ahead on lore by that point. Yeah. That yeah. I just won a couple turns later in spite of that. Yeah. Like, fine. Yeah, um, I mean, because they don't, like, this doesn't have any actual removal. Yeah. Right? No, I don't see yeah. anything. So. No, there's no removal. And that's one yeah. thing against amber amethyst that is kind of a really powerful idea which is right. they can't stop me if right. i can get ahead of them they can't stop me yeah like there's no spot removal to come back they don't even have like like if maybe if they had like a niche pocket watch or something like that like yeah i mean rush is their removal effectively yeah I right, like right. yeah but it's just they're they're definitely like they have to they they have to basically out pressure you in order to, I think, stay ahead because they can never really come back. Yeah. So the MVP of this deck for me was actually Rafiki. Um, oh, yeah. Friends on the other side, obviously, as well. But I saw Rafiki do so much damage. Um, right. Because that's effectively where you can get that kind of early board control is right. 
run out the Rafiki into their two drop or three drop if it's a weak three drop, right? Um, and then the next turn, sing friends on the other side. Um, so this is where I will kind of be a bit of a hypocrite and backtrack a little bit on the strictly race. One decision that I wish I'd made a couple of times was the only exception would be if there's a way to remove their three cost characters, um, do that. Because the difference between them having to pay three ink for friends on the other side yeah. and sing it is just monumental. Right. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. And then, and then like, obviously, if they drop wardrobe and play, like, unless your mother knows besting it, which, like, isn't a bad play, don't yep. get me wrong, you're not getting rid of the wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, I even mother like, knows yeah, bested yeah, uh, Baby Facilier on a couple of times when I'm like, I do not want you having a shift target if I can help it. Fair. So this one only has the two drop, right? It doesn't have the three drop. Correct, because yeah. the three drops yeah. are rare. Yeah. I'll tell you what, um, this deck also has a lot of cards that are really easy to ink. There's a lot of bad yeah. cards in this deck. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Dingle Hopper. Uh, I'm kind yeah. of looking through Dingle Control Hopper, Your Temper. Healing, healing Glow. Yeah. 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 There's. They can. They can catch Hakuna Matata. Olaf. Hakuna Matata. Yeah. Olaf was surprisingly good just because they go so wide that you yeah. he doesn't become a priority. So for one ink, you can usually get like three or four lore out of him just because you don't care, quote unquote, care about him. You should because he's getting lore, but you just got bigger fish to fry. This is like the least threatening baby stitch ever. At least there's that, you know. <laughs> You're yeah. just like, oh, that's a cute little stitch. You can't do anything with it. That how sad. But yeah. But yeah, the, the biggest advice is if you can get rid of their three drops, get rid of those. Otherwise, just race them. Yeah, that makes sense. In general, obviously, there's different circumstances, but in general, that would be my main approach. Cinderella was also patently awful, by the way. She was effectively just a four-cost, two-five, two-lore. The healing did not factor in at all. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just two-lore. It's hard to get Yeah, it's just, just two-lore. Like, like, all the princesses in this deck are just giant butts with two-lore, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's all they gotta be, right? They're just like, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Um you're, you're not looking for like you're not like you're not going to be dragon firing giant guys like you're not going to be trading up right you're just trying to get things off the board or just maintain it's it's, it's all a tempo game right the whole thing seems yeah i mean because i was facing off against amber amethyst so much that was one thing where dragon fire obviously wasn't as potent as it would be against sapphire steel uh so usually my dragon fires went to like mickey mouse when he came down um, obviously the one time where Daddy Vassilier, the most common target for me was actually Jetsam, right? Because okay. I got my Pongos in there that I want sticking around. So Jetsam was a very common Dragonfire target for me. That makes sense. But you can't be expecting to get, like you just usually, like you're back, whatever, as long as you can play it in the same turn, it's probably better than like getting some bomb back, right? I would assume. Sorry, I think you cut out there for a second, oh. Scott. The Hades, like the Lord of the yeah. Underworld. Like, you're just using them to get anything back, right? You're not just, like, specific, yep. like, I have to get this back all the time, right? Because you're trying to go so wide, you don't want to lose yeah. momentum, like, bringing back something that's going to be your only play next turn. You're best off, if you can, bringing back something that you can cast, play this turn. Um, right. Same turn. Yeah. And just keep going wider and wider yeah. and wider. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Which, of course, then you have to come to terms with the fact that if you're playing Sapphire Steel, you might lose to a, a grab your sword. Just rely on, on probability and the fact that there's only one of in the deck and just do this. Yeah. 
I mean, I can tell you that I would be hard mulliganing for that card, but that's yes. that's just me. Yep. Like I said, <laughs> Sapphire me. Steel, I think you're mulliganing a lot more aggressively. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. after looking, after like really putting it on my screen and staring at it for like the first time, yeah, I'm sure I'll get that deck. It's fine. <laughs> Are you both playing in the, seal, uh, the starter deck, John? Yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. Uh, I am Friday afternoon and Scott is Saturday morning, right? I don't remember. I look forward to your your uh, yeah your discussions about it after the fact. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. What well, uh, for for anyone watching, there will probably probably be a live stream Thursday night, I would say, and then we'll have to see about the rest of the weekend. But there'll be, <laughs> I mean, literally, like I'll have plenty uploads going alive. I plan on doing a bunch of shorts, most likely. Yeah. Like just like quick shorts with people as I see them and like just do fun things, but yeah. And It'll you said you starter decks on Friday. Mine's on Friday, yeah. Okay, so if we see you tweet out just a sad emoji on Friday. We know that you got sapphire steel. Is that <laughs> <laughs> with the tear face? It has to have yeah. the tear. It has yeah. to have the tear. <laughs> that's the sapphire part. Yeah. Uh, I probably won't do that, but it's not a big deal. Um, yeah, no, but. It was cool. I mean, overall, you know, how do you do you think like what is your feeling on like the starter meta like as a whole? Like does it seem fair? Does it seem like there is like a natural deck like one of these three decks is like above and beyond better than the others? Like does any of that like stand out to I you? Thought it does was it feel like a rock paper scissor? Yeah, I thought it was interesting the gamers article referenced that. Rock paper scissor, right? They're like, okay, you know, one beats the other beats the other. I didn't really get that sense. Um I mean, yes, obviously Sapphire Steel with Grab Your Sword is kind of, and Fire the Cannons is good against Amber Amethyst to some degree. Um, I think that there's enough deficiencies in each of them that I would put a, a tier list. Like, obviously, maybe I'm biased now, but I, I feel like um, if you can pilot it, that Emerald Ruby is the most powerful. But I think the gap between them is not so substantial that it couldn't be bridged with some, you know, uh, good gameplay, um, which made it interesting for me, right? The, the thing that you shouldn't go looking for is consistency, right? If you're looking for a consistent gameplay experience, this is not it. It really has to be, do I enjoy kind of pivoting based on, you know, literally the hand that's dealt to me, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's what, yeah. 25 different cards in these decks? Yeah. Yeah, you never... Adaptability is... <laughs> You're not, you're not going to get consistency out of 25 different cards in a deck with like zero draw power in most of them. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I had a blast and, and I think that there's enough fun to be had there. I don't know if I'm going to end up doing like five or six of these over the course of, you know, the one weekend if I happen to, to bounce around a lot. But uh, yeah, Scott and our, I think Scott and I have two opening release weekend that we're doing. Yep, um, yeah, I would enjoy that. But there so, was yeah, at least two others we could have played in it yeah but we, we we're gonna be busy on friday now so yeah. picking up we'll, uh we'll be okay <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be a busy day for sure yeah <laughs> it's not exactly around the corner so yeah yeah so should be fun um yeah. it should be a good weekend but any more any other questions for the uh starter deck portion here scott for our our now expert no 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 that's no, a wait. stretch he hit most. He hit most of the. I think he hit most of the questions I had. So it's good to hear. Cool. Hey guys, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to say thank you again to Heath. He did an awesome job 
great breakdown of the entire starter deck metagame. Serious, gigantic shout out to him. Of course, if you're looking for more information on starter decks, catch us all weekend at Gen Con as I do my best to cover as much of it as possible, interviewing as many players that go 3-0 and beyond. Cannot wait to see everybody at Gen Con. If you see me, come say hi. Give me a fist bump. Give me a handshake. Whatever it is. I am a hugger also. But all in all, can't wait for this weekend. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Hope this is helpful for anyone playing in the starter deck events at Gen Con and on your release event weekends at your local game stores. I will catch you all weekend long, live, and all of sorts of fun from Gen Con. See you guys in the next one.